Welcome to Pep Talks, People Empowering People. These uplifting interviews allow everyday people to share their not-so-everyday stories of resiliency to help you get through your story. This is your host, Casey Crawford Kellum. I'm a widow who has certainly faced my share of adversity, but I continue to keep on dancing. I'm a school counselor, author, yoga instructor, motivational speaker, a former business owner and special ed teacher, and now podcaster. My journey is about helping you to get through your journey. Shannon Sable is a certified holistic health coach, yoga teacher for over a decade, and mother of two wonderful kids. As a health advocate and wellness guide, she helps parents prioritize their own self-care and brings more awareness into their lives. Her dedication to help other parents who struggle with balancing life came from her own need to recommit to self-care. After a tough divorce and messy transition into single parenthood, she realized that she couldn't help her kids until she helped herself first. Shannon leapt into creativity to help her process undigested emotions and express herself authentically. She discovered creative outlets like writing, creating haikus, and her health coaching business, Grateful Life Health Coaching, as ways to steer her mind in a positive direction and found healing along the way. Welcome, Shannon Sable. How are you today? I'm well, thanks. Thanks for having me, Casey. Well, I appreciate you being here with me today. And this is only my second in-person but socially distance away interview. And it's so good to see a smiley face across from me. So I appreciate you making the trek here, Shannon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So why don't you tell the listener a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Well, I have been teaching yoga for many years. And I teach uh, mostly vinyasa. I also teach prenatal and postnatal and also kids yoga. And um, recently, in this past year, I've also become a certified holistic health coach. I went through a program called the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, also known as IIN. And it's really just a way to connect with people who are struggling with their health Um, whatever kind of health goals they may have, I help educate them and support them. So whatever they may be struggling with, I can help them create goals and then an action plan to get there to succeed. Wow, that that sounds amazing. Is this something you used yourself to help you get through some of the trials in your life? It is not, but I have a few friends that are certified health coaches, and I was always really intrigued by it. Um, I really, I love learning about health. I feel like health is a, a pillar of life, and when we feel good, we we live a good life. So um, I've kind of blended both of my interest of yoga and healthy living into into health coaching. So um, I've created my business, Grateful Life Health Coaching. And um, I'm really looking forward to connecting with people and helping them expand their view of health and what that means to them. So how did you come to this name, Grateful Life? I love it. Well, I am actually a huge Grateful Dead fan. I love love (laughs) the music. I've always been a huge music fan. Um, I've actually pretty recently discovered them. Um, It was only a few years ago that I really started to listen to them and just love their music. I think they're 
they're so intelligent. They're very unique. Um, the lyrics are so beautiful and poetic. I love the energy that it creates. Um, and to me, they're actually a really, they're a spiritual band to me because it's that yogic idea of, of union where there's the steadiness, but there's also the directionlessness where the music just takes you somewhere else. Um, it sure does. It's a, it's a beautiful unfolding Love it. I love finding little deadheads. <laughs> I'm, I'm two years behind in my retirement, thanks to the Grateful Dead. Um, <laughs> so I love the name. When I first saw the name Grateful Life, I'm like, huh, I wonder if she knows the Grateful Dead. Yes, so. it's it's kind of supposed to be ironic because if you um, know anything about the dead, you know that um, the reason the name came about is because Jerry Garcia picked up a dictionary actually and flipped through the pages when they were thinking of a, a band name and he his finger landed on Grateful Dead and it what it represents is to die so you can be reborn and create the life that you want. So we that's yogic to me again is um, is letting go of what no longer serves you so you can create and build the life that you want. Which I'm sure speaks to you, um, having uh, divorced and having to start a new life for you, uh, which I'm sure any listener who is has divorced or is separated or pursuing a divorce can relate to. Suddenly you have to let go of what's not serving you and move in a direction that does. So how did that look for you during this time? Like, Tell us about your journey and your discovery there. Well, it was definitely heartbreaking. Um, ever since I was a little girl, I knew I wanted children in a family. It was just always a dream of mine to to nurture and to care for and to love unconditionally. Um, I have two children, an eight-year-old, and my son will be six next week, um, a daughter and a son. And um, my dreams came true when I had them. I really have always loved being a mother. It came pretty naturally to me. And when things started to get rough in my marriage, and I, it was very clear to me that this was not a model of love that I wanted to show my children, I knew I had to make changes, um, which was heartbreaking because I didn't want to tear my family apart. That was... The thought of it was just heartbreaking to me. Um, so when it was time to finally leave and start this new life, I I had to look at it as not only an act of love for myself and my kids, but also for my ex, because uh, what we were creating, the environment in our home, it was not a loving space anymore. So I, I do, I had to look at it from a different perspective and see that Leaving is an act of love. I love this. And I'm so glad that you said this because so many people think that it's important to keep that family together, yet the children continue to see, don't see love. They don't have anybody role modeling, loving relationships, kindness, caring, respect, integrity, all the character values that are so important in a marriage. They don't get to see and a parent thinks this is the, they think it's the right thing. Well, we're keeping our family together. 
Correct. You're keeping them together in a toxic environment. And what have you taught them? So I applaud you for having the courage to stand up for that act of love and to recognize that it was an, it's an act of love, not an act of selfishness. It's an act of love for everybody. Everybody walks out eventually through the process, walks out in a better place. And I'm sure your husband, ex-husband as well, you come out a better person. You come out in a better place because of it. The stress has lessened now that you're in a more loving relationship. So I applaud you for that. That is huge. And I hope the listeners who are struggling in their marriage and are thinking that they have to stick around until the last one's 18, I promise you, you're doing more damage than help to them. And there's no monetary amount of money that you can make an excuse for, like we can't afford this. You can't afford not to do this. So I applaud you for that. Thank right. you. So you you separated and you're on your journey now. Um, uh, how long ago has this? Started? Almost three years. Three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what did this le- journey now look like for you? You're now separated and you've got to rebuild yourself. Mm-hmm. So what did that look like for you? In the beginning, it was very messy. Um, we had to sell our home that we had lived in for 10 years. It was the home that I brought my babies home to. So to let go of our home that we had created together was another factor that just made it even more heartbreaking is to leave our home. Grief. And You're experiencing yes, grief. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And um, we actually sold our home in one day. So there wasn't really a whole lot of time to find another place. We were fortunate enough to kind of rent for a little bit from the new buyers. But my kids and I ended up moving into a, a double in Lakewood. It was a two-bedroom double. So there was me and my two kids and my two dogs in this two-bedroom double We didn't have a fenced-in backyard, so I was constantly taking the dogs out on leashes. And, um, you know, just with the financial transition and the pressure of making decisions on my own, uh, it was was very messy, a lot of stress and anxiety, and just a lot of fear of the unknown of what's going to come of this. Um, But... One thing that helped me tremendously was to move in a more creative direction. And I wouldn't say that this was a conscious act. This is something that kind of just happened for myself. Um, One day, I just started writing haikus in my head. And for those of you who who may be unfamiliar with it, it's a Japanese art form a Japanese poetry style, which is only 17 syllables. So the first line is five syllables, then seven, and then five. And I've always been into, um, I just, I love art, all forms of it. I love dance. I love painting. I love music. I love poetry. And I found myself finding something to focus on and creating a haiku about it. And it was a little bit of a practice um, in the beginning. It was like I I found it to be more like a puzzle for my mind, for my busy mind. And it eventually became a mindfulness practice to me. So 
I would find something. It could be an object. It could be an experience. It could be a feeling. And I would focus on that, whatever it was, and construct these little haikus. And this is, I really wasn't even noticing that I was doing this and that it was becoming this creative practice, but it felt like it was getting easier and easier and easier and things would just kind of flow through me. Um, So then I started to kind of expand that a little bit more and start writing more. And I would, um, I use uh, social media as kind of like a creative outlet, Mm -hmm. a creative platform. And I would um, post a, a photo create a haiku and then kind of write about it that would the the haiku is like the cliff notes kind of it was like just like a little blurb of like what it was about sure. and I wasn't even realizing that I was doing it but it was a healing practice to me because I was able to digest a lot of unprocessed unprocessed things and work through them um, I'm definitely more of a person who is contemplative and reflective and I need space to digest things. So this just became a practice of mine where instead of being anxious and stressed all the time, I was using that energy and directing it in a more positive, creative way. Wow. What a neat outlet. I remember doing haikus in grade school. I totally loved poem writing, and it is such a good release of, of <clears throat> excuse me, of your emotions and and so there's something about coming from your brain through your arms through your hands down onto that paper um, as Greta had mentioned in uh, an interview I had with her there's, there's something very healing about that and for you to find this through a even more creative writing the haikus and it's almost like you're putting a picture with kind of like a mantra you know like a reflective thought there and I love that because that's a lot of what I do as well. You know, you, that association and, and social media, you must, you must have reached out and really helped a lot of people through your process of helping yourself. Did you, did you get a lot of positive responses? I did. I was very surprised that the DMs that I would receive and people just reaching out to me. And at first I was kind of surprised because I looked at it, it, it was just for me. It was a way for me to heal, but it was very comforting to know and rewarding that it was also helping other people as well. Wow, very neat. So here you are, you, fit, you found this uh, writing tool to help you cope with the stress of moving out, being on your own with your babies in a smaller home environment that's not really functional for what your family needs are, and trying to balance the finances, the children, the dogs, and you come up with this creative outlet that helps you to process these emotions I love, you know, we have to find our way through these. And, you know, for anyone listening, maybe poetry writing or writing in general could be your outlet, your creative outlet to help you explore those emotions. So I appreciate you sharing that tool. And you you also have been doing the yoga, yoga practice and teaching yoga. So how did you come to that? And how has that helped you with, you know, this processing as well. Mm -hmm. I think for me, teaching yoga has helped me find my voice and helped me become more authentic. 
I believe that yoga is an expressive language and um, we can, it's an opportunity to connect with ourselves. Um, I recently, I, I'm sorry, um, I got into yoga because I was a figure skater. I was a figure skater for a very long time. I even skated at the collegiate level. And once I graduated, then it was like done and over with. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do with my life? That was like a huge part of my identity. And mm. um, I, I found yoga. There was a, a yoga studio around the corner from me when I lived downtown. I got an apartment with my girlfriend. And um, I had dabbled a little bit. I had a, a watched some videos in my living room uh, when I was in high school. So I was always intrigued by it, but never really had a full, a full class. So once I started practicing yoga and feeling it consistently in my body, it was really life-changing for me because I felt that it kind of not only helped me calm my mind, but it was also changing my body drastically. Um, but I just was beginning to understand that, that integration of body, mind, and spirit. Beautiful. Another great tool to use. And, you know, yoga, for those that, you know, don't know enough about it, it's not a religion. It's, it's completely beyond that. And it's really become, I know it's become a bit trendy. I mean, I became a yoga instructor as well, but it does something to your body, mind, your emotions. And even for me, I was a hyperactive you know, riot runner. Anybody that knows me now can't probably believe that I practice yoga, let alone teach it. But it did wonders for me during my husband's illness. Um, and so I know, I know that it heals. I know that it helps our body uh, transform and, and move with our emotions and help us process our emotions I've experienced it so here you are doing the yoga teaching you became a certified mm -hmm. instructor and do you teach it anywhere right now um, not right now actually our studio that I teach at um, inner bliss where we've opened one studio but the other one is not open yet we have a studio in Westlake and one in River as well and uh, we have not opened the River one yet so um, right now our classes are limited just because of the virus and all the regulations around that so I have not returned teaching yet um, I've I've done some classes here and there for my friends um, just like a few backyard yoga classes for people sure. that I know which has been really great it's been really healing for me Right. But um, to answer your question about, sorry to backtrack a little no, bit, but to answer fine. your question about how teaching yoga has kind of helped with my healing process, uh, I'm sure you can relate to this, is as a teacher, it's kind of just a different way of practicing. And whatever I share, it's the exactly same thing that I need to hear. So as I help others, there's this common thread here, as you can see, uh, I'm also helping myself. So whatever it is, if it's if it's something that I'm struggling with and I need to build compassion for someone, then those are the types of things I'm going to say and share. If it's um, it's about being creative, it's it's those words are authentic because it's words that I need to hear myself. So it's definitely uh, this like beautiful balanced exchange of like I'm not just I'm not 
you're not just learning from me, but like you're learning with me. We're learning together. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, helping others helps us. It helps us to heal. So reaching out and being that guiding light for other individuals. And, and you don't even know the pain that oftentimes that they're going through in your class, but you're, you're making such a difference to them and yet walking out refreshed and healed from whatever conflicts and thoughts and such that you're trying to process as well. So it is a beautiful balance. It's a, it's a given take in a sense that you're taking away from your own practice and all that you're offering out there, you're also taking away. And, and I, I can relate to that very well. Very good. And so um, tell me about more about this health coaching. So we've got, we've got Shannon doing some remarkable, using some remarkable tools right now. You're doing the writing, the haiku writing especially, and you're not just holding on to that, you're sharing that, which in turn is helping others get through their pain. And then you're doing the yoga practice and teaching it, which is helping others with their practice and, and their lives as well. You continue to do things that help you, but help others. And so now you're on to the next part of the journey or the additional part of the journey, which is the health coaching, which certainly blends so well with the other two. Tell us more about this health coaching, how you got into it, what it looks like, and what you're able to do with that. Um, well, it's, it's something, again, that I have really enjoyed watching kind of unfold. Uh, I'm, my, my business is still very new, so I'm kind of organically letting it unfold on its own and see where it takes me. I'm, I get ideas every day about what I want to do and what niche market I want to focus on. Um, so basically what coaching looks like, and I know it's um, – you might hear of health coaching more, but it's kind of a new idea and interesting. Um, so the best way to kind of let people know and experience what it is is if they actually hear it. So Casey, if you're interested, I can I can help you um, just give it an example Let's of something. Let's do it. I could so, always use some health coaching, right? So what is something that you feel that you are struggling with right now as far as like your health? And when I ask you this question, I want you to go deeper than just of what's on your plate and the movement that you find in your day. So I want you to envision health as everything, this huge umbrella, relationships, physical activity, career, spirituality, um, education, that could be like your self-improvement, your educating yourself, your joy in your life, your social life, your home environments, your finances. This is a huge umbrella. So of some of the categories that I described, what would you say would be something that you're struggling with that you would like to see improvement in your life? Um, a piece of the social and um, I moved into a community last year that's amazing, and it's a, it's a social community. I live in a golf community, and I've made a plethora of friends, and I'm very social and outgoing, but unfortunately, when I moved in, I was faced with a couple very unkind neighbors, and it was the first time I was hit with the mean girls. I had never, I'd made it 53 years in my life, never being the target of mean girls, and it's still upsetting, even though one of the mean girls moved a couple weeks ago. There's still a mean girl 
couple mean girls still left and they're still doing some mean stuff and they're older ladies like I'm hanging out with people my age and younger and we're having a great time but still when I come back down my street and go past the mean girl houses for some reason it still gets me like it was so unwarranted and so unnecessary for them to ever lash out and be unkind to me and it's become it's literally costing me a $4,500 at this point because of all the, the lies and BS with the HOA. So I just, I don't like to have social conflict. It's not, mm -hmm. I don't do well with that, and I've tried to avoid it all my life. So yeah, if you can help me with that, mm -hmm. uh, besides having to have everybody move out so that I can process it. Right. <laughs> Some of them aren't going to move <laughs> out. Two are going to be gone, and two are going to still be here. So so what I'm hearing from you is that you have a lot of stress of coming into this new environment and making lots of new friends, but having this handful of people who you're not gelling with as well, um, the stress and anxiety of having that conflict, of those uncomfortable interactions, and it's causing you a lot of stress and discomfort in living in your own, in, in your own home and community. Yeah. Um, and, and I was, I'm not generally a stressed out person I roll with the flow and, and certainly have experienced a heck of a lot more <laughs> serious uh, things in my life and you know I'm 99% stress-free and life is great and I'm still dancing but you know every now and then I'm reminded of the mean girls when when they're out and mm -hmm. yeah that's it's just uncomfortable mm -hmm. it, it's not necessary we don't we don't need to be unkind right yeah so it is a struggle so what would you say is something that you could do in this situation that you have not done yet as far as making the, the situation more comfortable and more relaxed? You know, I, I honestly don't have an answer. It's now uh, in the hands of, you know, lawyers, and it's gotten pretty messy unnecessarily. Uh, and so it's just the lawyer – the one lawyer I hired and had to fire really went after these people individually. Mm -hmm. And so there's probably no way of backtracking that. I did fire the lawyer and am moving kind of in a different direction because I wasn't interested in going after all the mean girls. I just wanted the HOA to leave me alone and get rid of the fees and fines that were you know, created based on lies. Mm -hmm. They didn't act, um, they didn't, offered due process they they broke the law and what they did so I don't know what I can do to repair that because we're kind of still dealing with legal ramifications mm -hmm. from this and I'm still dealing with the HOA and unfortunately one of the you know mean girls is uh, related to somebody in the HOA so mm -hmm. I, I I don't know yeah because talking to them it sounds now, like a complicated situation it's pretty complicated you know it generally if if the law weren't involved and the HOA weren't involved I would go and talk to the people mm -hmm. I would say like have you tried doing that I did last year absolutely mm -hmm. um, and the mean girl and her husband were really awful to me just really awful they gave me even more troubles they actually wouldn't let me uh, build onto my patio they gave me troubles there they uh, parked their cars out in front of my house uh, four cars so that my construction workers couldn't get to access my backyard they had a mean girl brunch and had everybody in their front drive. Um, a lot of pawns who didn't know what was going on were there, and they're mortified now. The, the neighborhood's kind of divided now because of mm -hmm. this, and there's a lot of people not talking to the mean girls. 
Um, it's just so queer. I mean, we're these people are in their 70s, and I'm in my 50s, and I think it, I know it came from the lady across the street who was very threatened by me, and I tried to talk to her a couple times, but she was she's just that person she was we call her Gladys Kravitz and she's a crap starter and that's what she's done for the last 12 years in the community and you know once I got the news involved and the news came out here she put the for sale sign and was you know felt forced to leave because she was being called on her actions so I've tried to reason with the HOA I've written several letters I've tried to talk to them personally I had one opportunity and I was shut down I tried to talk to the neighbors next door I get screamed at um, the man is very difficult, and they're both very difficult. So um, I tried to talk to the HOA president. That went nowhere. So I've attempted the, you know, counselor and me, let's just talk this through, but that, that didn't work. They're just very hostile. Mm -hmm. So um, as you know, in yoga, one of this these big, big ideas that, that we learn about is that we have this inner world and an outer world. And this circumstance that you're in, this unique circumstance, it seems like there is a lot of energy in the outer world. So what is something that you can do with your inner world to help with this really stressful situation? What would you say is something that you could do that you haven't done yet that would help settle some feelings in your inner world? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I suppose more probably yin yoga for me, more just quieting the body, quieting uh, my mind. I'm uh, kind of always on the go and still trying to be actively social, even through social you know, distancing. So I'm kind of not taking the time to really think about what's going on here and nourish myself necessarily quietly mm -hmm. so maybe I need to just settle myself down a little more yeah that's a that's a really profound observation well, and what's one thing that you could do you mentioned yin yoga but what's something like um, a practice or a ritual or something consistent that you can do where you feel consistently nourished in your inner world I know exactly what I need to go back to, which I kind of um, let go of once this uh, pandemic hit. And that's really taking the five, ten minutes in the morning to quiet my mind. I mean, I take time in the morning to be grateful and do my yoga and express my gratitude. and um, But I don't take the time to be still mm -hmm. when I wake up. And I used to when I had my mm. little routine of waking up. So I probably need to go back to just quieting the mind mm -hmm. and being that mindful, just breathing and not thinking about anything for however many minutes I can do that. Yeah, Again, build that's that amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and we know that stillness is what balances movement. So doing more isn't always better, but the intention or the goal can be to find balance instead of doing more achieving more it could be more more about finding balance love oh. this look at this yeah. i got a free counseling so there you go so that's an example of health coaching she can um, help me she can I, help anybody right <laughs> and i hope you don't mind i totally put you on the spot right there no i love it because honestly um i have not been doing this stillness i i 
get up in the morning and I'm very thank you you know I, I go through my whole appreciation my gratitude and then I jump on the mat and it's like you know I'm thinking 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 moving 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 and then I'm going you mm-hmm. know off to golf off to swim and I have gotten rid of that stillness mm-hmm. which is probably a big piece of why this is bothering me because really the the queen bee left a couple of weeks ago this shouldn't be bothering me at all I should be grateful and just more at peace but somehow the other three bees are impacting and so I I definitely need to come to stillness so I appreciate this yeah absolutely so how can others get involved with your grateful life health coaching well I offer free first consultations so the first one is free all that you would have to do is email me my email address is shannon at gratefullifehealth.com and you have to be careful when you spell it because there's two L's next to each other. Sometimes people miss that. Um, my website is also gratefullifehealth.com. There's more information there. And what's so beautiful about this process is, as you can see, it's a lot of you talking and me listening. It's me asking questions that you wouldn't necessarily ask yourself. So what I do as the listener is I kind of help you broaden your perspective of the situation in this category of health that you want to focus on. And it's it's so simple and it's so beautiful and like a haiku. It could be simple but profound. I love it. It's, you know, as a counselor, that's what I do for a living. I can completely relate to this. And sometimes even those of us who think we know how to do things like, you know, a counselor should know how to deal with conflict. Well, I need to come back to quieting my mind so that I'm not so bothered by things that are not in my control. Can't control these things. So I can control me. I can quiet me and not allow these things to bother me. So I really appreciate this. This was a free service. I really appreciate this. <laughs> Thanks, listeners. I just benefited from this. <laughs> Shannon, you know, you've, you've been through a divorce. You've been through um, having to move and the grief of losing your house and losing your partner and uh, transitioning into a different financial level. Uh, what advice would you give the listener who is maybe going through any or all of that or just maybe in a relationship that's not serving them well, what are some things you you would offer them? I would say to love yourself first. That is always the most important love that you'll have in your life is the love that you have for yourself. And once that is established and once that's a steadiness in your life, then that ripples out. And that is a gift that you can give other people is other people will feel that, that warmth and um, authenticity that you have. That's a gift. It's not just for you, but it's for yourself. Other people around you benefit from that. Love it. Absolutely. And it's this, I feel like there's a theme in a lot of my interviews where people are saying, put that oxygen mask on yourself first, you know, and once you take care of you, you can take care of so many others. Absolutely. And you have done that. I mean, here you were writing privately, you know, first in your mind, thinking these haikus, then putting them to paper. And then you, you took, you had the courage to put those out on social media 
you know, making yourself very vulnerable, quite honestly, and, and putting these out that are showing your emotions and showing perhaps weaknesses and concerns and challenges and all that you're experiencing, you're putting out there in the form of haikus with a cute little picture <laughs> and, and with some commentary on it. And yet you, you had to have been lifting so many other people going through their own adversity, their own struggles. And then you couple this with the yoga, which is helping people to create as well with their bodies and their mind and integrating that yoke, uh, the body and the breathing, the movement and the breathing. And then you take it to a trifold here by adding this Grateful Life Health Coaching, which is amazing. Again, helps us heal when we help others. I mean, podcasting is helping, you know, these people that are being interviewed are sharing their story, which in turn is helping others with their story. And I love that. I love that about what you are doing. I connect in so many realms with this. And I really hope that our listeners are able to take away from this that it's important to take care of yourself and that not only the act of love for yourself, but an act of love for your family is doing what's best. And if a relationship is toxic or isn't serving your family well, I hope through listening to this podcast, you have the courage and the strength to step outside of your comfort zone and get to a place that does serve you better. And it might be a two-bedroom little (laughs) double in Lakewood with no fence for your dogs. It might not be perfect, but it's going to be perfect for you at that time. It's going to be just what you need. And I can absolutely relate to that in uh, many aspects. So I appreciate you coming. And I know, Shannon, we can email you at Shannon at GratefulLifeHealth.com. And we can also look for you on your website at GratefulLife.com. Yes. So those are two ways we can get a hold of Shannon if you want. GratefulLifeHealth.com. Grateful Health. Okay. GratefulLifeHealth.com. So if you want to reach out and get your little session of uh, uh, fulfillment here and life coaching, you know, even if you think you know it all, like me, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> and something so simple as having mean neighbors, you could use a little adjustment. This is your go-to girl. So thank you so much, Shannon Sable. I really appreciate your time. So we're going to do something a little different today with Shannon and allow her to kind of give us the recap bulletin points and gratitude all in one through her haiku and a letter to her daughter. Create a full life. Fall in love with yourself first. Happiness is yours. Dear Vivian, my sweet, innocent, full of life Vivian, I have a confession to make. I secretly shove the Disney fairy tale books like Cinderella, Little Mermaid, and Snow White way back in your bookshelf, hoping you won't pick them for story time. As much as I know you love princesses and love stories, I want to tell you the truth. They lived happily ever after is bullshit. All the problems are not solved after finding a man of your dreams. The story of a princess meeting a prince and him wanting to take care of you forever is not what makes you happy. You have to make yourself happy, sweet girl. Self-love is the most important love you will need in your life. 
I can only shed light on my own struggles and successes about what true love looks like. True love feels balanced and easy with a solid friendship. If it feels forced, it's probably not meant to be. A healthy partnership is when two people support one another, but take responsibility for their own experience in the world. It's important to stay true to you. Continue to live a life aligned with your values and follow your passions. Someone who truly loves you will support you in the ways and give you that space to grow. It's healthy to have uncomfortable conversations about what's on your mind. Start these conversations early, early on to build a strong foundation and develop trust. Don't be, a sp- don't be afraid to speak your mind. A loving partner will want you to be expressive and honest. They will not try to fix your problems, but hold space for you while you fix your own. That's a sign of respect. Know the difference between caring and controlling. One of the biggest lessons in life is to never expect anyone to ch- anyone else to change. The only person you can change is yourself. Don't beat yourself up if a relationship doesn't work out. Heartbreak is all part of the process. Nothing is a failure if you can find lessons underneath. Mistakes are how we grow. If you do decide to pick out a mushy fairy tale at bedtime, let's end with also talking about the magic of loving yourself. Love, love, love this. Thank you so much, Shannon Sable. Words of wisdom for all to live by. Please love yourself first. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, that's it for today's interview. We hope our guest's story helps you get through your story. Don't stop believing and keep on dancing.